Game Boys. Hey there, internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. <laughs> My name is Lux and joining me as always, he's the man who, when he heard Rutger Howard died, he said, I'm glad he's gone. It's Griffin Davis. Okay, this is a reference I immediately clock. Um, I'm not glad he's gone. He he was amazing. He's he's the hobo with a shotgun. I know. I'm just trying to paint you as a villain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that'd be crazy. Well, then as a villain, I think I would like him. Right. I'd aspire to be a Rutger Hauer. Yeah, but you know, you're happy that everyone else is sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not. <laughs> and whatever. And the one Lux, time I make a reference, you get you <laughs> destroy me totally. I am gonna pitch to the fans right now. What if I start the show, guys? Sound off in the comments. What if Griffin starts the show? Hashtag what if Griffin starts the show? That would be an interesting turn of events uh, for this relationship blocks. And I could set you up for some fails. It's true. Or maybe I'd get your references because I'm a, a listener. Well, yeah. Regardless, Lux, I apologize if uh, if speaking of the fans, I apologize to the fans if they're hearing any buzz. It is a melting, scorching day out here in Los Angeles, California. So we're just going to leave it on because you're you don't want to listen to to me when I'm in pain. And we've had episodes where you've had the AC ovens play like 90 plus degrees and the results have been unfortunate. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so you don't want that again. But uh, which makes me uh, doubly uh, embarrassed that uh, I forced our guest to come here in like a full suit to my hot <laughs> labyrinth. Uh, he's coming off like a real human person job. Uh, and he rushed over here in like 95 degree weather to wear a suit for the Game Boys. And on top of it off, he does what we always say kind of makes an episode a little more special. He brought the Game Boys gifts and he brought us some drinks. He kind of is a drink connoisseur. He is the head of uh, one of our sister podcasts, uh, Mald Couture. Uh, he's a hilarious comedian. And he's my fucking friend. Welcome to the Game Boys, Alex Kidd. All right. Thanks, Griffin. It's amazing. Uh, what are we drinking here today, Alex? All right. So we have a little gem from Torrance, uh, which is an industrial city kind of mm -hmm. in the South Bay, if your listeners don't know. And this is called Flip Fly Flows from Monkish. Ooh. And this is like... Um, Hazy IPAs are now like the new hotness in the streets, these kind of cloudy IPAs. Okay. And uh, people will go line up for like two hours in this heat to buy two four packs of this. Wow. And they'll like resell them for like $100, $150 and stuff. So you've brought me some serious loot today. This is some some purple Griffin, tier. You have some Not rare, end game, but. This is, this is purple stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have some rare loot epic beer. Well, dude, I feel like we shouldn't just drink these. We should just like walk around like the town center with them, just like showing off that we have them. Oh my God, yeah. is that a hazy IPA? People will say as they run up to you on the sidewalk. Inspect me, peasants. Look <laughs> at my beverage, cowards. You'll never be as powerful. Fuck, man. Honestly, that is my favorite part of any online game is just standing in the town hub with your epic gear. It's like, that's a huge part of, I think, any online game, right? That peacocking yeah yeah i mean i don't play I, online games so i wouldn't know <laughs> that's notoriously not a fan of them I, I played final fantasy 14 um after they got their shit together um when they kind of rebooted it and there's definitely some people where you're like wow this guy this guy's been grinding it oh, for yeah. a lot longer than i have for sure for me i played a lot of world of warcraft you know you gotta duel everyone outside orgrimmar you mm -hmm. know you gotta kind of stand in front of the bank at iron forge there's these iconic locations where you show off 
that new gear, that new purple that you got, mm-hmm. that new hazy IPA that you've <laughs> uh, obtained from the mines. Uh, but, you know, I was doing a little bit of research about the guest lux. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the first, I've, I've had a little, bit, a little bit of history about who Alex Kidd is. Oh, Alex Kidd is, is actually <laughs> a little bit of history about this guest. He's actually a video game character whose popularity peaked during the late 1980s. It's accurate. Uh, Very accurate. He appeared in arcades and in the Master System and Mega Drive slash Genesis home consoles. Uh, his first game, Alex Kidd in Miracle World, 1986. Uh, was not very popular and they decided that Mario was just cooler and they gave up. It's so funny because Alex Kidd in Miracle World was the onboard BIOS game when you boot up the Sega Master System. Uh Even if you had no cartridge, you could play that game. Right. Because Tonka Tonka built the Master System and that game was included. It's the U2 album of video Yes, you can't get rid of it. It's the songs of innocence of the old Sega Master System. Well, it's amazing to have that uh, that video game in your DNA. Uh, but let's talk about the video games that are in your current present DNA and your bloodstream. So we ask a question, we ask every guest, what have you been playing this week? And if you haven't been playing anything this week, it can be a spiritual question. I have been super busy. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, you know, I usually don't scrape the bottom of the barrel and go iOS because that's some peggle, oh, okay. normie tier stuff. But yeah, not real gaming. Not not real gaming. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I I get a pass on this one because I've been playing the iOS port of Final Fantasy IX because the only other way to play it is on PS3, sure. which is kind of a pain in the ass. So like when right. I'm so my real job is I'm a lawyer and like if I'm in court, I'll just like, uh-huh. you know, fire up Bermesia, see what's going on <laughs> with Triple Triad. And whoa, <laughs> who needs to hear an opening statement? You know, yeah, objection. Hold on, your honor. My material is about to level up, (laughs) and he's like, Oh, sustained. So, yeah, material sustained. I'll allow it. You better be going somewhere with this character. (laughs) You better be going somewhere with this stat build. Um, that's great. We need more, I think, gamers in the courts, especially on the Supreme Court, where so many of our gamer decisions kind of get dealt out uh, on a national level. When are we going to get our first gamer Supreme Court judge? We're talking, yeah, because we're concerned a lot about, you know, the the liberal conservative balance, but we're not talking anything about the normie to gamer balance on the Supreme Court. Uh, You know, we we lost the only true gamers, Antonin Scalia. A few years ago, rest yeah. his soul. Yeah, yeah no, uh, no, no, he has PS3 head, Antonin Scalia. Huge PS3 head. Uh, <laughs> you, we know that he got deep into melee, uh, melee meta. So he uh, speed ran uh, Super Kaizo. Yeah, bro, he's like he's master at platformers. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, he did it because only the most evil people can speed run that game. Dude, I, this is a quick, <laughs> it's a quick aside. I actually met Anton Scalia in 2005 when I was in law school. Oh shit. And so anyways, he's, he looks at my little badge and it was like, you know, Alex Kidd, Southwestern law school. And he's like, they still allow guns in California. And I was like, yeah, they still exist. Why did he, he ask you that? He was like, he just want, that was what he led with. That was his conversation oh, okay. starter. Cause yeah. I, cause he knew that Southwestern was in Los Angeles. Oh. And so he's, he was waxing on about like, he's like, Mill, back in my day, we could, we could ride the train to Montauk and just have a shotgun on the subway. <laughs> like, oh, if only. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely like a GTA five camper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I bet if he were around today, he'd be a big old PUBG head. <laughs> yeah. He'd be a real PUBG yeah. head. Yeah. yeah. He apparently uh, was mean to my mom once in court. 
And so <laughs> for many reasons, I don't like him, but he made fun of my mom for being short or like offhandedly made a remark <laughs> about my mom being short. Holy crap. And then, and then did your mom go full bagel boss? No, she didn't go full bagel <laughs> boss. I think she just like made a comment about how he could maybe sit up straighter and make it easier for everyone. Um, nice. My mom's a snippy, tiny lady. Dude, a sloucher. He's not used to his gamer chair. I know. Let Scalia bring his gamer chair into the Gabor. Yeah, that was a notorious <laughs> problem. Was, Couldn't sit up straight on those wooden things. He had an ergonomic back support. So you can play a little bit of that. Uh, Lux, yeah. what have you been playing this week? Um, this week, I've been real busy and I didn't want to buy a new game, even though I had it. It felt I didn't, didn't have anything new lying around because this Friday, the new Wolfenstein comes out, as does fire emblem three houses oh um, and which i just uh, i know i know we're not supposed to pre-order guys and drag me all you want <laughs> but i pre-ordered it because it's too hot outside i'm sorry i mean i'm probably gonna just buy it when it comes out but that's fair too you're it's too to, hot i don't really understand how that made it's, you pre-order it. it's too hot to fight capitalism i'm a socialist in the fall and winter and early spring but the second it gets too hot I'm using Amazon Prime, baby. I mean, I didn't do Prime Day. I held off on Prime Day because the deals suck anyways. Well, they that's do. good. At least it's all you shit you like really don't need. <laughs> like, yeah. So morally, pretty easy. At least you didn't totally scab. But no, I mean, that's yeah. fine. Pre-order whatever you want. I don't really care. I think it's fine. But okay. I'm waiting on those games because I don't want to have to. I don't want to spend like 200 bucks on games this week. So I decided I was going to try <laughs> and bust something weird out. And I found an old CD key for uh warhammer 40k dawn of war 2 uh, <laughs> and, oh, no. in full 40k resolution yeah in full 440,000 <laughs> pixel resolution that's, that's what that stands yeah. for it's oh. very ahead of its time most most systems couldn't run my, it that's my right. monitor does yeah. not support this it didn't sell very well because every computer would explode um but yeah i've been playing that game and that game is crazy yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of an RTS, but you don't make buildings. You just have like a squad that you manage and it's like a shooting, like a top down squad management role, like real time strategy game. Nice. It's fucking weird, but it's very good. Huh. Um, I've been really enjoying it. I've killed just so many orcs and Eldar. Oh, my God. That's cool. Uh, well, as far as me, I have been, as I always do in the transition period between new major titles, I'm back to the the game, the happy place. I'm back to the Overwatch, uh, guys. I'm back on it. I forgot how good I was at it. <laughs> it's It's so great when you're like, oh, wow, I have another skill. Like, chin up. You know, things aren't that bad. I rock at this game. You know, you playing a lot of support. You playing Mercy. Uh, I'm playing a little bit of Mercy, but right now when I'm queuing with these randoms, they they can't get enough kills. So I usually have to I have to play something else to to move the team. But uh, they just announced a new hero. They're doing this new two 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 roll lock thing, which I think is going to fix the game because now you have to have two people damage, two tanks, two healers, mm -hmm. uh, which will stop like shitty teams where I'm like the only healer and it's all deep. <laughs> that DPS, the classic so. like you should have been any kind of support. <laughs> <laughs> is, it was that, is, did, did I miss that emo pop punk hit? No, have you ever heard that where it's like, oh, I want to be Tracer. I'm already Tracer. Uh, oh, I, I know I'm already Tracer, but I did not know it was a, that's it was a the song. chorus of that vine uh slash tiktok uh, meme sometimes when you find the core root of where a thing came from yeah 
you're disappointed. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. There's a whole song. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, song no, is not as good. <laughs> uh, yeah. That. Well, uh, I'm already Tracer. Pretty good meme. Yes. Even though no one plays Tracer anymore. <laughs> um, but so that's what we've been playing this week. Excellent to learn that. That's what everyone's dying to know. But before we get to the game you've brought on, I think we should warm up with a little bit of the video game news segment. That's right, guys. Welcome back to Toxic or Toxic, the video game news show where I say stuff that happened in the news of video games, and you guys tell me from the gut if it is toxic as like bad incel, Mm -hmm. like the dark side of gamer culture, get it off my internet, Mm -hmm. or if it's like Toxic, the Britney Spears song, which is a hit, a slap, a banger, and the voice of every generation. So let's go, gentlemen. New story number one. Nintendo is allegedly going to fix all of the Switch Joy-Cons for free. You think think do-do-do-do-do? Yeah, if, if your shit doesn't work, fix it. Like... That's cool. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I don't see anything toxic about that. I was I was scanning to try and think if it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. You got to scan it. (laughs) And for me, I I do kind of a deeper scan. It's more of a retinal kind of soul scan. And 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 for this one, I think you got to dig deeper and you got to say, how long is it going to take you guys to fix these things? Yeah. And will you get it right? Those are the questions. It was a hard first one. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Overwatch unveils new character Sigma, a mad scientist with no shoes. I mean, that's that seemed pretty toxic to me. Yeah, like, you don't want to encourage that kind of behavior. Barefoot, yeah, barefoot, barefoot. Like you know, Ben Shapiro, like scientist type of guys, yeah. appealing to reason and logic. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro, famous scientist, <laughs> famous uh, scientist. <laughs> Man, yeah, this guy flies in, just shoots lightning gravity or whatever everywhere, and is just like facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> um, and then blows up the payload or whatever. I don't know. I don't play Overwatch. Yeah, he see, he seems to have a little bit of logic and reason. Uh, too much for my taste um and i you know i just don't like his bare feet they upset me um yeah it's crazy to wear bare feet into a war zone yeah it's like of all the the places where closed-toed shoes are required probably (laughs) number one is a place is a gun zone uh moving on uh netflix's the witcher showrunner clarifies they won't be adapting stories from the video games Oh, yeah. Well, the books are sweet and the video games don't capture a lot of what's in the books. And it's like, why rehash the shit? I haven't. There's like 400 Witcher novels. Wow. Lux, why don't you go start a book podcast? Remember, I tried to do that, but no one else wanted to read a book. Every week. <laughs> You're right. This was your second choice. No, I was trying to do it at the same time, but no one, no one wanted to read a book every week. Uh, yeah, that's some psycho shit. I, I read a book every week. Yeah. How many hours do you sleep? Not enough. Yeah. You're a little bit of mad scientist with no shoes on. Oh, book I every I week? wearing shoes all day until recently. That's crazy. Are you talking like Say Cheese and Die or like A Passage to India by E.M. Forster? Oh. Like what? Because that's a lot of pages. Oh, yeah. Well, it just depends. Sometimes it's just a dumb fancy novel. Sometimes it's like a good fancy novel or a sci-fi novel or a book of theory stuff or like a real literary book. It just depends on Damn. what's on uh, the list. Do do gamer manuals count? Like yeah. little slips I mean, inside the. We talked this on the show when I was in fourth grade. I did do a book report on the monsters manual for World of Zine, the Might and Magic Four. 
They used to I put a lot big, more effort. I got in big trouble with my teacher who did not think it counted as a game, as a book. <laughs> Suspension. <laughs> and who's laughing now, Mrs. Kabrapple? <laughs> I mean, look, who is laughing now? I got a podcast. What are you doing? I don't remember her name anymore. Probably well retired on a pension at a, 49 or a, whatever. She's doing, a, she's doing a podcast about her pension. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah maybe so. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Dave Bautista complains that Hollywood doesn't want him to star in the Gears of War movie. I mean, just I'm going to say that this is uh, this is toxic from the incel perspective. Yeah. I mean, just because you're jacked and bald doesn't mean that like you automatically get a fucking chainsaw gun in your hands. Right. It seems to me. I also agree. I'm going to say it's toxic because uh, it's like I've seen him do this a few times now where he's just like, I'm clearly the best guy for this job. And it's like, no, you're not like Dwayne The Rock Johnson's way more charismatic. Like the only good thing you've been in is when you've been in full blue makeup. Yeah. So <laughs> and the beginning of Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, where you have no lines and yeah. you're just a big guy. So like, I just, I don't think that he deserves or like, he's just like, he's talking big for like, uh, for being a little bit of a stuber. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's being yeah, a real he pro wrestler about it. He's being he's a being, real big time WWE maybe, guy about it. Maybe that's the way to do it. It's like, get the fans angry, get them on your side, do a populist, a populist casting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I agree. I don't think he's like the best bet for any of these movies. I do think that he rules and should be in more stuff. But you know, have you seen have you seen Stuber? God, not yet. Are you a Stuber defender? <laughs> I, have, I will. I bet, <laughs> I bet I will apologist? be. Stuber apologist. Stupologist. Oh, uh, I mean, I bet I will be. Man, I like both those guys so much. Patrick was in the promotional. You must not have seen any posters, advertisement, or buzz. No, I mean, you know or me, the, I just, I'll subject myself to something terrible just to prove that I was right or wrong about maybe, it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm slightly more brain poisoned because I live in LA and I, and I live in like a living Stuber ad. It's like, everywhere. It's like on every bus, wall, billboard. So oh, it's I not do, really like that here. So I do think that I have been Stubered out and it's not necessarily the film's fault. It's like an episode of Stoop Mirror. I, it's like, it, I, yeah, at this point, <laughs> at this point, I do feel like I like, like took some cursed monkey paw and live in Stuber. Stuberverse. Yeah. Uh, the only, my but, only exposure to Stuber is at the Galaxy Highland movie theater. Uh, well, I, I hope there's a Stuber game because that would be something good to cover. Text-based dating simulator. Is that what no, it is? Oh my God. Please, this is not what I was expecting time. from a triple A title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, guys, we're still in the Hollywood verse because, you know, video games, they're part of the bigger culture now. So there's lots more movie news. Detective Pikachu surpasses Warcraft as highest grossing video game film of all time. That's I mean, that is cool. I mean, but also you are battling against like people with serious like like gross impediments to like putting up numbers in movies like the best of that is like being like the hottest guy that works at Home Depot. Sure. We are like, dude, it's there are low- some probably some <laughs> jack dudes in plumbing. It's a low bar. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a low bar, but it's encouraging that. A kind of cool, weird, creative movie is the top one and not just like a CGI yell fest. I do think that's a bad example, though, because I think most people at a hot Home Depot would smash. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I'm I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at you. uh, The pokey place next to GameStop. (laughs) 
You guys step it up a little bit. Okay. Uh, but guys, that was toxic or toxic. I'm just trying to throw the ball somewhere else. I don't know. On a non, you know, an innocent bystander. Okay. Moving on. Uh, that was toxic or toxic. Thanks for playing gentlemen. Uh, Alex, you have brought a game that we need to talk about. Yes. I brought a series of obstacles. You brought, a, you brought <laughs> quite the obstacle course for us today. And I want to hear all of your thoughts about it before we do. Let's get into a little bit of history about this game. In 2001, Hidetaka Miyazaki was working at a dull day job as an accounting manager in Japan when a friend recommended he play a video game called Aiko. The game was a life-altering moment for Miyazaki, and he immediately quit his job, deciding to change his career to video games. However, no developers were interested in hiring a 29-year-old with zero experience, and he was rejected from every major company, except for one studio named From Software. Miyazaki was given the chance to work on their Armored Core games, and in a few years, he was directing the entire series. Soon after, he became internationally known for creating and directing the Souls series, starting with Demon Souls in 2009. The Souls franchise was a rebirth of the hard video game, with tough yet fair mechanics and challenging enemies that rattled the culture of modern video games and established Miyazaki as one of the great auteurs of gaming. But after Dark Souls 3 in 2015, Miyazaki said he needed a break from the series and began working on a stealth, action-based game, a completely new IP. Miyazaki intended for the combat to capture the feel of swords clashing, with fighters trying to create an opening to deliver the final strike. On March 22, 2019, this new game was released to critical acclaim, but with many saying it might be his first game that was simply too hard. This week on Game Boys, it's Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm very excited. I've been having an experience this year with this game, and I've been talking a little about this podcast. But first, please, why did you pick this game? I picked it because I knew that you guys were going to be venturing into season two, and I wanted to get something spicy and new that probably you guys hadn't hit yet and, sure. you know, hit the ground running with something uh, modern, relevant, modern, relevant, year. you know, like uh, I we could have done a JRPG from the backlogs. Yeah. But I think that there's so much about this game that kind of encapsulates all of what From Software has been about and what we're doing moving forward that I was like, man, there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Let's hit it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, Lux, I'm you. sorry that you had to play this game. It's okay. <laughs> Um, you know, I'd been poking at it on and off. It's not like I beat it or anything. Right. Um, but it's cool. It's, it's not, here's the thing. The Dark Souls games to me are bullshit because I mean, I like the, I think they're cool. I think they're well-made, but I think they operate on a bullshit assumption of the audience, which is that like, I just want to be in this world, even though I know nothing about it and everything is a miss. Like, this game gives me something to hang on to and be invested in right away. So I'm immediately like, I'll bear with this bullshit for however long to figure out what's going on. Exactly. Dark Souls games are just like, isn't it weird? This castle has fallen apart. And I'm like, I, don't care. <laughs> I better read the alt, crew. the alt text on an item <laughs> to figure out what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like in Dark Souls, a dragon flies by and goes, watch a YouTube video about me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, that's the same one bad. for Boletaria. I don't think it's bad or like a, a fault failure of game design, but it's just harder for me to buy into a game that I know is going to be difficult and torturous if I have like no emotional investment. And Sekiro right. was fun because I did like from the jump. 
Yeah, that's that's what's so great. And so we should start by getting into what is the lore, the story of this game. And you don't have to hit the big points, you know, but like what is what is, I guess, the the beginning of this game? like? So from what I gather from the limited cutscenes, is there's like the Ashina clan who's raiding everybody. And mm-hmm. then you have this badass samurai who's in the owl. And he befriends this little orphan, and uh, that is the wolf. And the game starts, and it's like classic Dark Souls, bottom of a well, something gets dropped down to you type of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, straight out of Oscar, like that whole thing. Yeah. And you you have this sort of redemption tale where you find out piece by piece, who is this fallen samurai? Who did he used to protect? And what is he doing now? Yeah. Uh, and it kind of all centers around your relationship with this like boy. So it's like kind of the first time that there's like a clear narrative in the story where it's like you're supposed to protect this prince boy. His mm-hmm. his kingdom is kind of at stake with a bunch of warring clans, uh, but he has the like the dragon blood or whatever. Uh, and this type of blood uh, is like the blood of immortality. So you live forever. But I think also other people have been trying to like use that blood, right? Like but use his blood are trying to use on the their own people blood to like create immortal armies and stuff. Right. And so a big part of the game is Kuro, the kid being like, Hey, Seguro, get out there into the mix and find all the things I need so I can stop being so goddamn immortal. Yeah. And then you, yeah, go, yeah, off, the then you go off and like try to find all the stuff. Find yeah. the dragon's tears. Basically, this little boy wants to die and you have to like morbidly because you, you love him so much, like help him on this quest to like sever this immortality line in magic. Uh, so it's dark, but you have for one time and out of all these Dark Souls games, a clear ish narrative, you know, and that was big. Like, you're right. Like, yeah, it, it makes you want to stick around for longer. Yeah. That and I think that but they do kind of do the same thing. Like, for example, in, in Dark Souls one, um, you you defeat um, Simone Ornstein and then it's like, oh, go get these four things. And it's like that. And same thing, like when you first uh, when you first defeat Genichiro, then you're like, all right, so what was that all about? And then he's like, go get these things. You know, like it's, it's like it's structured almost identical, but it does have more guidance than like Dark Souls 2 when you're in Majula and you're like, what is going yeah, on? Exactly. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's structured very similarly. I think that it gives everything a little bit more emotional juice, which right, stretches yeah. my patience for like how fucking hard this game is. It right. stretches my patience for that, like by orders of magnitude, just because I'm like, I'm going to help this goddamn kid. I don't care if I die 74 times. Make see, that's non immortal. Lux, see, that's what, like, I, I that surprised me because I know that you love, like, that sort of world building, like, uh, experience. Like, I, I didn't like. But, the- like, Lux likes an active world building where it's, like, from the game, not from, like, research you have to, like, do outside yeah. of it. Like, <laughs> see, right? I, I like, didn't like. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go well, ahead. Like Lux. you said, like, the Dark Souls world is cool, and I, I read the wikis about it, and it's dope. Yeah. Um, but my thing is, I don't get that in the game unless I, like you said, read the descriptions of all the weapons and like do all this other shit. And I want the world building to like carry me through the world rather than like be a pause from the shit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Sekiro is closer to that. I mean, look, neither of them are like, here's the story and what's happening. There's no Final (laughs) Fantasy shit going on. No. But Sekiro is a little bit better about that. And there's just like a certain threshold I need to be able to be like, all right, I'll learn the crazy timing on this role mechanic. It's going to take me three hours because I give enough of a shit about this world as opposed to Dark Souls where it's like, uh, 
I'm just doing this so I can find weapons and like learn what this building is and why it even exists and like why do I care? Lux, that's probably because you didn't even figure out how to use the music box on Father Gaskion in Bloodborne. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, kind of a slam dunk reference. Yeah, kind of an accurate slam because I barely even played Bloodborne at all. <laughs> you know what I did? I got, I got the music box and then I sold it. Yeah. I don't I don't need uh, handicaps on yeah. that guy. Yeah. I'm a no hit run kind of gal. Yeah. Classic no I, hit run. The <laughs> phrase everyone uses and understands. Hey, yeah, you know hit runs on Dark Souls. Uh, okay, oh, but sure. so that is the that's kind of like the story. It's like a clear and like and that's like a big difference from this game. But now we got to talk about how them sticks feel and and kind of the combat of this game because while a lot has been similar about the themes and the and magic and, and the setup of this game. I feel like the combat has transformed. Combat is totally different, and it almost feels like a Ninja Studios game. Like I know everyone shits on Neo, but it it almost feels like there's less emphasis on customization. Certainly, with the lack of gear, you have one sword. Yeah, you have one sword. Lack of build outs. You get more prosthetics, but most of them are useless. Yeah, I mean, no, like, or they're overpowered to the point of just breaking a boss. Right. Like, but and so firecrackers. For me, that kind of like I I like the idea of like creating a thick boy that's like poise driven or like you know like like I loved all those options and losing all those was like right. I'm playing an action game. Like I'm not I'm yeah. no longer playing an RPG. I'm playing an action game. That's a boss that has to be beaten yes and and like the big difference is is like it and all these dark souls games they're like the they're like you dodge and you roll away from the attacks but yeah. the whole strategy with this game is no you have to like fight the boss head on and you have to deflect every hit like yeah. every hit yeah. has to be deflected i don't think i deflected once in the dark souls game no, yeah a parrying uh, was like if if you're you a psycho. Would, yeah, you would just do it to just like show off. Yeah. Or like uh, to beat uh, whatever. What's the first Lord of Cinder? Like who, who could be right. pa- fair? Yeah. yeah, like the first boss. Other than that. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but like it was a dodge and rolly type of combat. And so this game all of a sudden you're like every enemy is this crazy fencing match. Yes. Uh, and it takes a lot of learning to get used to. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking hate blocking. Um, in every game. Yeah. Um, I'm all about a dodge. Even in like a Street Fighter, I just try and jump over dudes. I don't even try and block. Blocking sucks and it's for cowards. But in this game, you have to all the time. This is essentially a rhythm game. I I was just going to say that. Like like you have to be like, okay, this boss hits eight times and then stops and then hits twice. Yeah. It's like, it's just like a rhythm game. And the tells are like literally like some Parappa the Rappa type of thing where it's like it's it slides up like Guitar Hero and you see like a glint on somebody's like hilt of their sword. Right. And you're like, oh, I know that this is a parry jump stomp parry. Yeah. T- like the way that you would like right. do the runs like while playing Bark <laughs> at the Moon or something. Yeah. Like, honestly, if I plug the DDR, uh, it, it plug into the console, I bet it would be easy as shit. <laughs> But I think they're definitely, I feel like I've definitely seen a video of someone beating Sekiro with either a DDR pad or a Guitar Hero guitar. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it seems like maybe they designed the game to actually be played the game, but we are all, we're all too poor to own that. We're all too dumb. <laughs> we're fools. We didn't see the key that was in front of us all along. Yeah, this game's actually pretty easy. <laughs> if only I used the Donkey Konga bongos. That's, that, yeah, that's what all those hollow arrows floating on the sides of the screen were. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... It was a shock even for me as a Dark Souls lover, this type of combat where it's like you have to not only 
deflect, but every, you have to deflect basically every hit. Yeah. Like you have to be, cause it's about breaking someone's posture to get these kill blows at le- less than just whittling down a boss's health. Sure. Uh, so because of that, you just have to like intimately learn the mechanics of the fight and not like cheese it as much. Yeah. No, I, I, and I think that this more than anything inspires like everyone to even more harp on the get good, like mentality. Right. You can't summon people. There is no, there's no help. Yeah. Like dark souls and the others used to have a sort of uh, a modicum of difficulty that you could kind of adjust. Right. You could summon up to like three people or you could go grind. Yeah. You could go grind or this. And that's why this like, is not my jam necessarily mm-hmm. and like because i don't like that that feeling of like i i think i talked to you in yeah. passing about this <laughs> so like my my day job is i'm a lawyer and like sometimes i would have like 90 minutes of free time sure. from like 11 30 at night yeah. to one and that's like the only time i have to play a video game right. and i would be like all right it's time to it's time to go play headless ape and yeah. like headless ape at three minutes a run. That's like 21 <laughs> runs. And right. if you don't beat him, you just go to bed fucking angry, angry at 1am and, and you didn't get anywhere. And that's me. And I don't have a job. <laughs> and so it's like, I can't imagine having a job uh, for multiple reasons, but mainly playing Sekiro. Yeah. It's frustrating. Like I was posting online for a lot of time and some people might make fun of me for this, but I was stuck on Genichiro for like, eight days totally like because I, I wouldn't play for more than like an hour to two hours each time yeah but i would start it up and i would just fucking i just couldn't figure it out uh for the longest time and i think everyone has a boss like that in this game where they just like smash against it and it's like a such like lady butterfly is kind of a skill check and then ganichiro mm-hmm. is this big skill check totally. where it's like are you just gonna fucking return this game now because i will just say here and i'll say it multiple times in this podcast this game is just not for a lot of humans no, like i here hi <laughs> Um, this game is not for me. Um, yeah. It's very, it's like the thing I like the dark, even though I was just complaining about how this made it easier to get into the Dark Souls games. The thing about the Dark Souls games that I found a lot more fun was what Alex is getting at, which is like there's character customization and there's like specific strats and builds and shit. And in this game, there is not but what makes this game impressive and also extremely not for me is that it has a bunch of bosses that are all like extremely different games from each other. <laughs> like it contains a bunch of different bosses that are all making you learn and play different games at a time, which I feel like for you, Griffin, is probably very good for me is insanely bad and not an acceptable framework because it's too hard. Oh, well, yeah, it, it was interesting because like a lot of the. I think the first half of bosses are really great in the game because each one is its like own experience completely. And they each have a story that like builds into part of the main narrative more. So like, it's not just a big ogre. It's, it's like a, it's like a, this dude on a horse who's this like general and like you fight like that boss. Fight, it's like the second boss or whatever. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, amazing set piece. Yes. Yeah, these amazing set pieces that you remember and like all that stuff is, is great. Um, but like, it's just, you have to fucking just stick on them for so long sometimes. Um, but each one does have a trick, like whether it's like this, like grappling verticality Mm -hmm. they've added to the game or like a certain prosthetic that gets them. The first half of the bosses are great, but then the second half 
have a bunch of cheap bullshit to them. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's this effect that I'll, I have to mention that's just so bad called terror. And I don't oh know how God. far into this game yeah. you got. All the headless and all that. I, okay. I you So, Lux, would you say that you've gotten like 50% through the game? No, oh, fuck no. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, how far would you say? And I, beat, trying to- I beat 35 of the 51 total bosses. Okay. So, you're, yeah. that's like 60, 70 I got to basically the, the first uh, owl fight. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. that's um, roughly sixty nine percent. Yeah, that's, that's it's a, mathematically. It's it's a good I'm run at joking. it. It is. Hey, that's why you're the mad scientist with no shoes. Nice. Um, I love my shoes. I love my shoes. <laughs> I Prove love it. to wear shoes. Show me your fucking feet right now. <laughs> no, I'm not wearing shoes right now. I'm in my bed recording oh, podcast. Oh yes, truth and logic, uh, and reason. Uh, don't forget reason. Don't forget reason. Uh, but yeah, there's this awful terror effect. Uh, that's like a debuff that when you fight these certain enemies, it, it just like infects you. And if you don't like pop a terror potion, it'll just one hit kill you and you die. Uh, and all of a sudden, a bunch of like mini bosses have this effect. Um, and it's like not clear where to get more of the items to like stop it. So it's like. It's just it's just a terrible it's like they, the mechanics stop being interesting uh, towards the towards the end of the game. Yeah, totally. And I think that anything that obviates skill in a meaningful way, like the first time you encounter that is is at Headless Ape. You kill right. him. He comes back to life and then he'll just do a scream that can viably one shot you one regardless shot, yeah. of hit points or yeah. strats. And you're like. All right, fine. And I know that like people will be like, well, you just got to get better. You got to whatever. Like the the old wives wisdom, like on all the forums is like, oh, the consumables are the real summons. Like the consumables yeah. break the game and make it so easy. And it's like, uh-huh. it's like, dude, I've used divine confetti on the monk. <laughs> and it's like, it does not turn it into like, yeah. like a very not challenging affair. Right. Um, there is still to a certain extent to succeed at the game. You still kind of have to look some stuff up. Uh, which is, I think, a detriment to the game. There's there's some shops that sell what I would describe as like really key items that are like really hidden places, yeah. like the terror flask and stuff. So it's like on a, on a mechanics level, like the bosses start out amazing for me. And like, I love like the drunkard band. Oh, the yeah, scimitar, amazing. And I love the man on the horse. And like, I love the flaming bull. And like, uh, I, I like so many. I love Lady Butterfly and the Ganitro fight. But then it seems like the game starts to run out of steam. And I, I am still stuck on the final boss of the game, right? now dude uh and i haven't played it in like months so it's like i'm so rusty that i feel like it would be like worthless to just pop in now and try and do it because i just i would have to like go and, grind or something and after the halfway point they're reskinning everything and you're just literally grinding out the same bosses mm-hmm. like if if they did that in dark souls you'd be like what the what's going on here you know like if if halfway through the game you all of a sudden had to fight smo and ornstein again they're just right. different colored with twice the hp uh-huh. you'd be like this is super lazy yeah um so those are the bosses but we also have to talk about another big change from dark souls games is this like this like jumping you can fucking you can oh jump in this game you can jump yeah, into like the vertical around and grapple and I thought that made the levels like super cool. I love that. Right. I th- I love the exploring more than anything else in the game. Yeah. When I would get to a boss, I'd be like, oh, God damn it. A two minute, two hour wall yeah. until I could get back to what I want to do. Right. Yeah. 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 No, that, right. That's the big thing is like for me, what made this game so fun is that it would never felt like I didn't have any choices. It always felt like I had too many choices and all of them were going to kill me, which um, is like a way more fun 
feeling like there's like, oh, I could go down this pathway, but and there's like going to be some soldiers and that's scary or there's a dog or a dragon over here. It's not that open, though. Like, I would argue it only opens up in the second half of the game. Like the first half, you have to go up this mountain and fight all these guys one by one until you fight Genichiro and then you can go different lands. It's so exactly what I was just alluding to. I fought Genichiro and I was like, fuck this guy. And then I went all the way to the monk. Right. And then like you get to the monk and then it's just gated. They won't let you go any further. Right. And then I went all the way to the um the screen screen paper screen monkeys. Right. And they won't let you fight them until you beat Genichiro. Mm-hmm. So it's like it is totally linear. They'll let yeah. you explore. And that was the most fun for me, feeling like I was in a place that I shouldn't be like mm-hmm. in like in the first Dark Souls. If you stumbled upon Blight Town, you'd right. be like, I don't belong here. This is crazy. <laughs> no one should be on this level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, that thing is there was cool exploring, but I guess you're I guess you're right. that it, it wasn't like open world in that sense, but it was just like there's like three routes from A to B, but you're always going A to B. Yeah. And the crucial mechanic was that you could not truly get more health or strength unless you defeated the boss. Yeah. You couldn't just go kill the lobies for a long time and grind. You truly had to learn the mechanic. And like this game just forces you over and over again to like, learn the mechanic of the fight I'm taking away any any way you could wiggle out of not learning it and you then, know and like what lux was saying was they would just like they would move the goalpost like you'd be like all right i got what this game's about and then you would fight like orin of the water and you'd be like oh there's enemies now that attack nine times in a row and like just break your posture yeah and you're just like okay so that's screwed. that's now a part of the game yeah yeah or the headless ape was a really great example of that where it's like oh suddenly terror is a thing yeah um, <laughs> it's cool then, cool to introduce me to this the screaming monkey and that's what, <laughs> and that's what sucked is like it's like if this game is gonna be ddr like then like make sure it like stays ddr and like doesn't like pull some like fake rpg bullshit on you that you can't prepare for yeah well and it also um, like the thing is and i don't want to be like universally prescriptive about good game design but i feel like when you're doing some, something like terror is a really good example of like if terror is a thing a boss could do to me I probably should fight a weaker thing earlier that can do it. So I at least understand the mechanic. It's not in the middle of a psycho boss fight. And I suddenly have to learn a new part of the game. Right. There is like there's like one mini headless that you run by. But you're like, well, I'm skipping that because I have no idea what that is. And then all of a sudden there's like a yeah, there's like a forced boss fight. Yeah, they still do it poorly. They introduce it poorly. Um, But yeah, so those are kind of like some of the failures. But like the one last thing I wanted to touch on this game is just like, I really, really like the the world of this game. Yes, it's so, um, fu- so fucking cool. It's really so fucking cool. cool. From like Senpu Temple, where all these priests like tried to like you know use them or like gain immortality, and now they're all infected. With <laughs> Turned the worms. into like centipedes and shit. Like, there's like centipedes <laughs> living inside them and stuff yeah. that like try to eat you. Uh, and then like, I mean, come on guys, the giant fucking snake. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. Like, the, the snake set piece is awesome. Also all of like the Nathan Drake kind of a uh, bouldering and rock climbing shit. Yeah. I, I know that like a lot of games, like when they'll just, they'll do that like magnetic click to the wall yeah. type of thing. Naughty dog is like notorious for this, but this game would just let you fall. Right. You'd be like, I don't know if that's a grapple. It's not clearly outlined in white. I right. love that. I yeah. love those types of failures because mm-hmm. I felt like I had autonomy. Right. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, it goes towards it goes towards this thing that that I, we, I've been saying a lot lately, which is that like it's fun when games are hard because you know what to do and it's just hard to do the thing you have to do. 
it's frustrating when games are hard because you can't figure out what to do. Um, and this game has a mix of both those things, but a little too much of the second thing for me sometimes. Because sometimes like the bosses and stuff like that just pop up and drive you fucking nuts, which is frustrating because this world is so fucking cool. Like yeah. it's the coolest aesthetic in the universe, like magical feudal Japan. Yeah, it's the coolest insane. shit. Yeah, like, magical <laughs> feudal Japan is like the coolest shit. Like that's why there's a million animes about it. That's why there are all these like magical realist like samurai movies and kung fu movies. Like it's such a yeah. cool aesthetic mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I personally am just super fucking into. But lots of people are. And there's these such these cool like like weird spiritual fantasy parts that happen in the last third of the game that just most people never see because it's just totally. so fucking brutal and it's just like at the end of the day like for all of the like the magic of this game it's just not for so many people and i think that it's like it's that's so that's like i don't know like I'm not in a get good way, but I think it's cool to have that. Like there are there are so many boring, easy games like so it's nice to have something like like this. That's like when you really unlock the next part, you really unlocked it. I don't right. Know. Yeah, right. I think that's cool. It's just like for me, what I was trying to make and I kind of got rambly is that like that just takes away from how cool the aesthetic is for me. Right. Because I'm so stressed about how hard these boss fights are trying to figure these things out. I'm so like, got to hit these buttons the exact right time. I mean, this spot, this spot, this spot, this spot. I don't have to take in like the cool houses and the neat trees and like all the other shit that's going on around me. Like that kind of fades into the background in a way that like sucks because it's so cool. I would much rather just like explore and hang out in the world than like be stressed about like my B button timing. Yeah. (laughs) You'd rather be one of the priests with the cockroaches just like chilling. Yeah. Kind of like in Blade of the Immortal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, the last question I kind of want to ask everyone before we go to commercial is like, what does this mean for Dark Souls future? Like this game just turns the difficulty like undeniably up to 11, uh, but is like a different combat. Like, do they continue down this road or like because this game just isn't as accessible as Dark Souls three or something? You know, it's probably more, more people probably returned it. I I uh, I think that it gives with one hand and takes with the other in that uh, for a lot of people, the complexity of character builds or the obscure lore was something that previously they'd be like, what is this? This is not this is not fun. But uh, the fact that they went so ninja guide in and so like insanely like, you know, devil may cry on the hardest difficulty type of thing is that even the casuals that they courted, they may have lost in the process of just being so hard. So I think that. The answer to that would be bringing back a multiplayer component and like doing a hybrid of the two. Right. Multiplayer would save this. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's that's also why their next game is El- like Elden Ring, the George R. R. Martin game they're making. Oh, my God. It's so interesting <laughs> because like it, it's sort of somewhere in the middle of the two aesthetics of, of sort of uh, dark, dark souls in this game. Dude, not even George R. R. Martin wants to go on your book podcast. He wants to go on the gamer podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, George R. R. Martin would go on my book podcast so I could just get a co-host. He's too busy gaming. He doesn't, he doesn't do books anymore. That's extremely true. He's over it. Um, I'll never get to read the winds of winter and it will bum me out till I die. But um, you will get to play it on PSVR. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, Elden Ring seems like it's kind of maybe trying to split that difference and or like even be more accessible in the Dark Souls game just because like it's, it's Game of Thrones. Na- it's a big name which grabs more people and then also just like fantasy worlds are meant for like overpowered protagonists. Like that's the point in a lot of ways is you have an OP protagonist. You can do all kinds of magical stuff, um, which I like Dark Souls for subverting. But I think Elden Ring might try and split that difference and sort of be another appeal to those casuals after 
Sekiro was sort of like, this is only for like elite phase clan MLG pro gamers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then Elden Ring might be like, all right, everyone else like come into our weird forge game. Yeah. Um, and if phase clan, if you're listening, um, I've been emailing you guys. I don't know. <laughs> it is available. I'm still available. <laughs> I left my cell, my home phone and my number at the bottom. I left yeah. you two clan tags back I in left, autumn. Yeah. I left all my clan <laughs> tags. I left my Nintendo uh, friend code. <laughs> Uh, but all right, guys, uh, that, that's a little, that's our talk on Sekiro. We'll have to give our final thoughts and ratings uh, right after this commercial break. Uh, Griffin, I got a real problem. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you do. I hope it's the same problem that you're going to say. Well, I hope the one you're thinking of is the one I'm thinking of. Otherwise, you're being super rude. <laughs> but when Alex Kidd came on our podcast and was super well dressed, I thought I got to start wearing suits. Yep. But here's the thing. When I wear my suit, I cannot jump. <laughs> yep. And that's I love to jump and play basketball and I can't do it in a suit. Well, it's uh, it's really it's funny that you say that because, you know, Alex Kidd, he jumps great in his suits. You know Incredibly. why? Because he gets his suits from Tanuki. Oh, that's right. Wait, that's like right. The Tanuki suit outlet. <laughs> it's all about, uh, you know, leather, pleasure, fantasy, uh, sleekness, ideal, jumping, brown raccoon suit. Right. That sounds great, especially if it's going to help me with my basketball game. But where can we get where can I get something like that? I just don't well, know. How or where or even what well, I didn't do it. Well, okay, calm down. I'm going to explain it to you. Well, you were just listening it's, a bunch I, of adjectives. I need to get well, you well, Yes, going. because this is the commercial. This is the runway. Uh, so go to uh, tanukisuits.com to get your tanuki suit. You're going to jump like 5, 6, 20 feet up in the air. And you're going to reach your goals. And you're going to look good while you're doing it. I didn't even let Alex in. Uh, I didn't even let him in. He jumped over the fence in his Tanuki suit. I was like, I'm getting in there. And yeah. also, just as a customer testimonial, um, sometimes I'm in court. I get a little nervous. And then I'm wearing my um, Tanuki suit. I just turned to stone. The judge is asking me a question. I'm just a stone statue. I'm not answering that shit. Holy shit. Wait, that's part of the Tanuki suit? I need to read this, this yeah. copy. Yeah. So basically, you put the Tanuki suit on. You can not only jump super high. You can also press down and B and just turn to stone. You got to wonder what uh, <laughs> Nintendo thinks raccoons even are. <laughs> well, it's a Japan thing. We can get into that later. Anyways, go to TanukiSuits.com. Use the promo code GameBoys. You get 10% off your Tanuki suit today. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Stilux. I'm still your host. Your host is still Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Alex Kidd. And we are now at the part of the show where we rate that game, boys, girls, and friends beyond the binary. This is the part where we go around, give our final thoughts on the game, and then a rating on a scale from one to five joysticks. Alex, you are the guest, and common courtesy dictates you go first. All right. You know what? I think that this was a gorgeous game. There was amazing world building. The times that I was not stuck behind a boss while I was having like an amazing time with it. Um, so all of the stuff that I was nagging earlier is... Is more just like my expectations for the game. I still think that this is a solid game and I think everyone should challenge themselves even if they only make it halfway. I'm going to give this a solid uh, 4.2 joysticks. Excellent. An excellent score. Uh, I, I like how specific it was. Some people, they don't even, they just try to stick with a, like a 4 or 4.5, but you knew it, it, it that was false to say either. It you wasn't, had to lie right in the middle. It wasn't going to the, what was your five? Halo Evolved? Halo Combat Evolved. Which sometimes I feel like, well, who was I that episode? 
<laughs> well, I think we were really hung up on like its implications for the future of games. Uh, maybe the game. Yeah, I think we really galaxy brained that one a little bit. Oh yeah, thanks Sonic. It's a five out of five. Whatever, yeah. dude. Okay, well, <laughs> that's my new Smash is bad take. You know, something that will really rally the fans. All right. Well, what's your uh, what's your rating on this one, bud? Okay, so. I had quite the experience with this game. It's definitely blood, sweat and tears. I've been really frustrated with this game at times and really just blown away with it at the same time. Had a lot of fun. I'm still stuck on the last boss, but it was a great ride. Um, Really, what I would say is it's like I try to we try to write these games based on what they're trying to achieve. This game is trying to achieve people, masterful players, elite gamers, it's trying to force you to be an elite gamer and really think about the boss in a way you're usually not forced to in a game like this. Um, and it succeeds on all those levels by forcing you to learn the mechanics for most of the bosses. And then the only thing that keeps it from, to me, being a perfect game in that sense is then it throws these kind of bullshitty mechanics in that aren't about rhythm and aren't about the things that the game has trained you in. Uh, And for that, it kind of like, it kind of like buckles a little bit and it like, it almost reaches the tippy top. But for that, I'm going to give it 4.5 joysticks out of five. So close, but sorry, terror sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, I, Mostly agree with both of you. Um, I think it's great. Um, I think what's really cool about it is it's a cool experiment in RPG where like the player is the object that levels up. Like, as you guys said, the only real way you get stronger is by getting better at the game and learning the mechanics as the game forces you to, which is a really cool approach to game design. It also sucks ass for people like me who just aren't that good at this kind of shit and willing <laughs> to play more of this game. You're used to getting um, stronger due to friendship, right? Right. And like leveling up and bonuses. <laughs> You know, normal stuff. Um, <laughs> but I, the lack of that does make it difficult to access. And I don't think that's necessarily makes it a worse game. But I do think that sort of speaks to like a limitation in the design that I think is what you're getting at, Griffin, with some of these bullshitty mechanics. Right. That when you make that the central idea, which I think is really, really cool and like artistically really interesting, I think that then you lose out on it. It's a high wire act. It's a high, it's a difficult thing to navigate for the whole game. And it doesn't always land. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. Um, I think it's really good, but I just don't think that I think it's like a really difficult thing to pull off. And like, obviously they didn't do it because it's almost impossible to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'll say amazing game. Maybe don't play it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's tough to recommend. It's one of those don't recommends unless you're, unless you really, unless you, you know what, when you pass by someone in the street, you kind of do sense that they're an elite gamer. You know, there is a connection you feel on a spiritual plane. It's sort of like Anton Scalia essence. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah you can, <laughs> feel their MLG pro constitutional originalism. That's how I originally clocked him. I was watching, I was watching C-SPAN with my boys. You're like, okay. All right. Why is that Supreme Court? Why is that Supreme Court justice? Let's get out of here and let's get into our final segment. It's a new segment. It's a new game. I invented it today. It's called the build a boss workshop. Let's take it. Oh, I'm I, every episode locks. I'm going to build the bagel boss. Okay. <laughs> Very good. And so here is how this game works. We're going to go. I'm going to use, give you guys three options of body parts for each part of this boss using go- bosses that already exist in Sekiro. And you will use them to create a boss. Ready? So from the bottom for the feet, 
you could have the feet of the guardian ape, the feet of Gyobu Matsutaka Oniwa, the horse guy. Horse guy. So that would just be the bottom half of the horse? Bottom half of a horse. <laughs> or you can have uh, the bottom half of Lady Butterfly. Um, I mean, I definitely want the bottom half of the horse. Uh, I'm going to say the bottom half of uh, Lady Butterfly because I know it's going to get more ridiculous and I want that as the bottom. You, you're right. We do need a base reality. <laughs> um, so I, I think Lady Butterfly it is. All right. For the torso, you can take the Demon of Hatred um, uh, weird fungus body. Oh, yeah. You can take um, the Great Shinobi Owl, just a regular beefy man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can take the strange folding screen monkeys. All three of them? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I think you could make all three of them on top of one body and it would look real weird. We're making a boss here. We're making a freako boss. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, out of all those, all those torsos kind of suck. I mean, obviously the daddy owl one is cool, but then we're just like a human at this point. Yeah, I kind of want to do something weirder, so I guess. But then the monkey torso would just be like tiny. Yeah, it'd be like a small, like hopeful. I guess let's so, go. Let's go with monkey and then hope that the last piece is huge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, for the last piece, you can get Junichiro, the divine dragon. Or no head at all. <laughs> no, it's got to be Divine Dragon. Yeah. Because I mean, then it just has these tiny legs. <laughs> the Divine Dragon is like, what, 10 stories tall? So. <laughs> yeah. so we've got the legs of Lady Butterfly, the torso of the three folding screen monkeys, and the head of the Divine Dragon. That's your boss. And now here at Build a Boss Workshop, we have one last thing for you to do. Name your boss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, well, he's got a he's got a big head but a tiny body. Um, uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna can I can I call it the the Tanuki Mistress? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, let's do uh, Tanuki Mistress, comma of Wind River. <laughs> okay, the Tanuki Mistress of Wind River. We've made it. The next boss hit us up from software. We're actually creating content. Speaking DLC. of content. Alex, where can the people find more of yours? Because you've been a great guest, and I'm sure they're going to want to increase their Alex, the Alex kid in their life. Yes, we only had you on this podcast to siphon your much more successful podcast fans. I have a podcast. It is about beer. It's called Malt Couture, C-O-U-T-U-R-E. And what we do is we take uh, two other comedian knuckleheads and some other comedians, like uh, your very own co-host. Give him nuggies. He's uh, He's been on the show. <laughs> give him some <laughs> yeah. We pour expensive beer down their throats, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, make them kind of riff and do some improv. So go check out Malt Couture. And on Instagram, I'm at don't drink beers with an S and don't drink beer.com. Yeah. Uh, check out the podcast. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, maybe even sign up for their Patreon because I'm behind that paywall, baby. I'm on the other side right there. Very good episode. Might be coming outside the paywall very soon. We'll see. Yeah, we might. We might. We might let me out of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You know, you know, uh, but yeah, your lawyers. <laughs> um, I guess you are your lawyers. Um, what about you? This is this is the this is the closest thing I have to a lawyer so far. <laughs> you, can always, you can always ask Barbara for help. I'm sure she'd be happy to. Um, uh, everything's good with me. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we're doing a we're doing uh, a new sketch show is beginning in Los Angeles. Should That's I announce it now, Lux? Should you? You know a lot more about what's going on than me. <laughs> um, well, let's just say that a new sketch show is on the rise. It's going to ruin your life. <laughs> and it's coming soon. 
but there's going to be kind of like a, a pre-show, kind of a pre-season, a little bit of a warm-up show that some of us are doing. Uh, we're doing it at Comedy Central Stage at the Hudson, uh, 8 o'clock on August 8th. It's a Thursday. Um, and yeah, we hope to hope to see you there. And then we'll let you know more about the show as it comes out in the next couple of weeks. All right. And then you can always follow the pod at Game Boys Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at ML Surfboard on Twitter. Um, and it's Party World Wrestling time, and the Indiegogo is dropping soon, so stay tuned for that uh, and updates on our next show. It's September 7th, and it's called Ghost Mall, baby. It's taking place <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. mall. Hell yeah. Every mall has ghosts. Thank you for finally shining a light or a candle. We do our best, <laughs> and that will do it for us. We've done our best here today. My name is Lux. I'm your host, your co-host, Griffin Davis. Your guest is Alex Kidd. Your editor and producer is Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morton. Your art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Sekiro. Shadows that pass. <laughs>